The thought-provoking podcast that explores the complexity of mental health through a lens that does not require a prescription. We will explore a wide range of topics with engaging discussions and personal anecdotes that provides a realistic outlook while actively engaging in our own self-discovery. Let's get ready to soar together. Welcome back to another episode of But What If I Soar? I am your co-host, Devaron Flint, owner of Social MacGyver. And I am Dominique Flint, owner of Free To Be Counseling Services. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back. This is episode 18. And today we're going to be talking about boundaries, which is a very important um, content to kind of talk about um, as therapy and also in your personal individual lives. So we're going to start off with what we normally do, one high and one low from these last couple of weeks. So Dom, what is a high and a low? Yeah, so everything's going pretty good. I think a high for me um, is I was having some challenges with like, you know, sticking to my reading goals. And I've been doing pretty good these last two weeks. Um, It's not been every day like I would like, but it's been at least, you know, I'd say three to four days where I've at least read 10 pages or more. And sometimes it's more, many times it's been more. And I started reading um, two books, um, one on vulnerability. So it's a Brene Brown book, Daring Greatly. And then there's another book by Richard Swartz, I think his name is. And he um, is the founder and creator of IFS, um, Internal Family System. So I started reading that book. It's called, it's called No Bad Parts. Um, it does a lot of work with family work, but it, it it's steeped in trauma work. Um, so I've been reading those two books and they've been good. And I, I've, I feel really good about um, the way I've been able to just, you know, kind of try to stick to or get closer to that goal. I'm starting to just notice my patterns each week and like what days are busier what days aren't and really trying to like not be not put so much pressure on myself on those days where I'm a lot busier um and then try to utilize you know if if I have a cancellation or if I have a slower day then try to utilize that time um to get some reading in so that's been helpful so I think that's been one high um one low has been um I would say that the low is just me learning to or trying to process through interpersonal like challenges that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in, in one sense, I think I'm over, I think I've gotten through and then something happens, a trigger of some sort. And then it kind of takes me back to some of the, the challenges that I've had in the past. Um, and so I had therapy on Friday and really just trying to work through, that and then I saw like this um life coach who kind of spoke in some detail actually today and I was like, well I needed to hear that. Um about just our ability to not ruminate and kind of, you know, overthink and go back to those situations that we feel we've been hurt by or, 
you know, traumatized by because in some ways it does still keep you connected to that situation and that individual. And I was like, Ooh, okay, <laughs> well, let me like consider how do I like kind of pull myself out of, you know, this, this need to kind of rehash things and just kind of accept what it was, you know, learn, take the gems I need to take and then like, just keep it moving. And that sometimes that's, can be hard for me. So, so yeah, so those are one high and one low for me. What about you? That's good. Um, I would say a high is I had a really good breakthrough with the client this last week. Um, they had like a, a couple aha moments for themselves. Um, and they were able to celebrate those aha moments. So that was really good. Um, and, and also able to see the growth, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm so happy for, um, and I, I like it because, you know, they will be able to utilize the skills that they have found to be helpful in that situation and, you know, future um, experiences. So that yeah. was good. It's always good when clients are able to be reflective and, and to find that they are getting what they need within themselves. Um, yeah. And I'm just along for the ride. So I, I really love that. Yeah. Um, a low, I would say, not really a low, but um, just trying to deal with um, helping the kids get what they need, um, but also finding a balance of pushing them and guiding them and supporting them and helping them to understand that if you identify a goal that you have to then put in the work and to really help them minimize and really completely wipe off the board this this victim mentality uh woe is me it's something that i don't like i don't have time for um and i really want them to understand that if you put your mind to anything and the door is shut like you are the person who can figure out how to either open the door build another door or maybe that's not the door for you and that's completely fine you can still honor your feelings of being disappointed or whatever but you can't sit there um and so I'm trying to find the balance of how to do that, but also learning that all three kids are different in um, the dialogue that I have with them. Um, my one nephew is very, very sensitive, um, but also to the point where he is very critical of other people. And when it comes back to you giving him input, he's like a know-it-all. Um, and that can be like challenging because it's yeah. like you don't know it all. And also when you try to like give him guidance, recommendations, things like that, if it's not in line to where he wants it to be at, um, sometimes he can meet that with like butting heads. Um, and that's mm -hmm. a challenge for me because it's like, I know all of the things that I've been through, although others may have not went through similar things, I've always been someone who's been pro listening to other people and taking their feedback and seeing if it I can take that information and apply it to my life in some type mm -hmm. of manner. Um, I think that we are, are people who can always learn from someone else and not saying that your path looks identified identical to someone else's, but yeah. you do get wisdom from other people. You get wisdom from children, from people your age, people older, um, and completely disregarding the wisdom that they have from their experiences, I think can put you at a loss. So mm, I'm trying yeah. to find that balance of being supportive, but 
supporting him in the way that he needs. And that's going to be where he's receptive and not automatically defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, But all three kids, they just all need something different. And so what works for one doesn't always work for the other, you know, ways that you support one, you, you have to change up how you support the other. And Mm -hmm. so it, it, it is like where you live and you learn. And so I'm I'm trying to yeah. do that and, and balance that. So I would say it's not like a low, low, but it's just where I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do you support kids um, in the right balance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I totally get that. That can be rough. Yeah. But so how do you want to jump into this thing today? Yeah. So we are going to talk today about boundaries. We were kind of trying to figure out like what topic we thought would be um, a good one to dive into. And boundaries was the one that we kind of thought we wanted to um, kind of go for. So essentially today we're going to talk a little bit about boundaries, understanding boundaries, learning how to set them and maintaining them. Um, and really just talking about some of the potential barriers of setting boundaries, what we struggle with when we're thinking about setting boundaries. What does boundaries mean? I think that's such a buzzword we, that we hear, like, you know, these are my boundaries. And, you know, I think sometimes that kind of language can be weaponizing. Um, so I think it's a it's a way for us to really kind of talk in some detail about what it means to set boundaries. So I wanted to, I started, I started off when I was thinking about um, or when we were thinking about this, there was a, a few books that came to mind um, that I just kind of wanted to share. Now, obviously, there is, are tons of books that discuss boundaries and some of the intricate details of boundaries and some of the the, the pitfalls. Um, but these are just a few that you know we thought could be helpful. So the first two are by the same author. Um, this this book was. Uh, This came out, I would say, probably, I don't know, maybe like three years ago. And it was kind of at the height of, um, it got a lot of buzz when it first came out. It's it's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Um, And that's by Nedra Glover Tawa. She also wrote another book that just came out maybe last year called Drama Free. These, both of these books are about boundary setting, um, about family dynamics and how to set boundaries within family structures, which can be little dicey. So um, that's the, the first two books. The sec- third book is Co- Codependency No More, which is a staple, especially in like drug and alcohol world. Um, she's also wrote a book about um, the language of letting go, which is like a, a daily meditation. Um, but this book is all about codependency and the importance of not losing yourself in your relationships, which again is, is also a key component within setting boundaries. Um, and so that's another book. Um, Melody Beattie has a lot of other books that, you know, if you're interested um, to look her up. And then lastly, um, I have this book called Boundaries. And when I bought the book, I didn't recognize that it had biblical references, but it's kind of interesting. So this book was wrote by um, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. And this is about learning um, and understanding the importance of setting boundaries but it also has like some biblical references around and a biblical perspective on setting boundaries. Kind of interesting. It's not necessarily my jam per se, but I, after looking through the book, um, uh, you know, over the course of a couple of days, I do think that there are some important nuggets in there that could definitely be helpful for, 
for us because it talks a lot about boundaries with your kids, with your spouse. And I think it does have, um, it has some importance. Um, so those are some of the books that I would just want to throw out there. Again, there's so many different books, so don't necessarily hold yourself to these. Um, you know, if you're interested more in, in the understanding and structure of boundary setting, um, you know, you can do your own research there, but these are just a few that we wanted to highlight. So what are boundaries? This is like the million dollar question, right? So (laughs) boundaries are about you. They are not about the other person. Sometimes when we are thinking about, you know, where we're having conflict in our relationships, that can be a challenge. So remember that boundaries are about you. They're not about the other person. They are about understanding your own needs, your own wants, your own desires, and then making adjustments to your behaviors if your expectations are in violation by somebody or or yourself even, right? Because again, you know, we don't talk enough about self-boundaries. You know, how are we really holding ourselves to the things that we care about? So boundaries are not ultimatums, right? They're not like you do this or else um, I'm done, right? Uh, or fill in the blank, right? There's they're not ultimatums, right? Because because again, you're not going to get anything from an ultimatum, right? Someone's just going to feel forced to do what you're asking them to do. Um, and rea- and the reality is, you can't make anybody do anything. So really, what you want to focus on is adjusting your behaviors, your actions, your time, and your presence to these relationships. And that is really the the kind of the foundation um, of boundaries. Now, in in Nedra's book, um, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, she talks a lot about just some other meanings of boundaries. And I wanted to kind of share that before we move on. And so here is just a list of some of the other um, boundaries that she has discussed. Um, And that includes um, boundaries are safeguards to not overextending yourself. Boundaries help you to improve your self-care practices, which is another huge component of boundary setting. Um, helps you to define your roles in your relationships. So whether that's at work or with your significant other, parents, it really helps to define and shape those roles. Um, uh, it communicates acceptable or, or unacceptable behavior in your relationships. Um, everything is not common sense, right? So this is a way to kind of help kind of peel back what is acceptable for you and what's not acceptable. Um, they are a way to ask people to show up. Um, by upholding your needs. Um, this is a way to communicate your needs to other people. Again, we're not mind readers. So this is a way to kind of hold yourself accountable to keeping people um, informed of what you need from them. Um, it's a way to create healthy relationships and healthy dynamics. Um, it's a way to create clarity, which I think is important as well. And it's a way to feel safe. And I think safety is probably the most important because you really can't have these type of dialogue and this type, this type of dialogue and conversation if you don't feel safe in your relationship. So those are just some um, things to consider when you are looking at what does it mean to set boundaries and what 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 does that look like? Um, so yeah. There's also six types of boundaries. So there is going to be physical boundaries and that's going to be your personal space and physical touch. Um, so example, uh, forcing hugs, kisses, handshakes. Um, 
we have been talking a lot or you will hear a lot of people talking about um, kids, right? And their physical boundaries of when they go to like a family gathering and being required to give everyone a hug, give everyone a kiss. Um, So that could be an example of a personal boundary of, you know, my kid is not being required to do that. Um, And just setting that boundary sexual boundaries, touching, making sexual comments, engaging in sexual acts without express consent. Um, Kids cannot consent, obviously. Um, Sexual jokes. Um, I think we talked about this last time on our last podcast of, you know, just comments that some people will make in regards to especially like kids um, saying like, you know, oh, they're fast or they really mature for their age. um, sometimes like old people say like they're filling out. Um, my mom. Used oh, to wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. My mom used to make comments like you're smelling yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just having like sexual boundaries. Obviously, we also talked about um, consent being so important. Someone who obviously is under the influence cannot consent to any type of interactions um, because they're under the influence, Um, as well as children cannot consent. Um, Elderly um, individuals who may be dealing with a medical condition or a mental health condition, even not even just elderly individuals, but anyone who has a, like maybe someone who's actively in psychosis, they cannot consent either. Um, so I think that that's also important to think about when you're talking about consent. Um, intellectual boundaries. So um, refers to your thoughts and your ideas. Um, dismissing someone um, because of a disagreement. Um, you know, minimizing someone's um, input into something because you don't mm-hmm. agree with it. Reducing... Um, the, you know, oh, that person's thoughts don't matter. They don't count because of something else. Um, so even like biases that you may have. Um, so that can also be something that could be a boundary. Um, emotional boundaries. So experiencing belittling remarks um, regarding your emotions or invalidating of your feelings. Um, so examples is sharing inappropriate information with children. So um, sometimes we will see this with parents who have a strained relationship with a child, um, especially if it is like a two, it was a two parent household and now it's one or even where um, the biological parents are not actively in the child's life and maybe they're living with like a um, grandparent or another relative, um, they can sometimes use their interactions to say things that are really not appropriate for kids to know, or also kind of putting the kid at a, um, where they have to look at someone in a different way because that's how the parent is feeling. Um, So that could be an example of emotional boundaries. Um, And then material boundaries is your possessions um, or things that are yours. So example, never returning a borrowed item. or taking something from someone where they give you something and then you just don't return it, you don't speak about it. Um, so that can also be a, a issue with boundaries from material aspects. Um, the same thing of material aspects is having someone, allowing someone to share your space and you not taking care of their space or 
or not even leaving when you're supposed to. So sometimes (laughs) we hear about like squatters, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. so like that can be a material boundary of taking a space and knowing that there's a time limit there and not respecting that boundary um, and using loopholes to be able to, you know, again, not respect that material boundary. So these are some examples. And then the last boundary is going to be time boundary. Um, And so that's how one manages your time and how one allows others to use their time. So managing like um, time management, things like that. An example is calling multiple times in a row for non-emergencies, or even if it's, it's, it's an urgent thing for you, but it's not urgent for them. So let's mm. say, for instance, you have not managed your time and your resources appropriately, and now you are wanting someone else to drop everything that they're doing to accommodate your lack of planning. Um, that can be a time boundary um, issue. Um, so I have an aunt who often says, your lack of planning is not my issue, is not. So that's her her way of setting time boundaries is that she's not going to stop what she has planned and drop everything for your urgency now when you knew that you had something to do and you decided to wait um, and not act on it. Yeah. And now you want someone else to accommodate you. Um, so you can see that happening. Um, and I think me and Dom can say we've seen that happen with clients, right? Like, you know, where they haven't been respectful of your time, like even setting appointments, you know, if you set an appointment for noon and you have a late policy where you, you know, give someone a grace period and they do not comply with that. um, And then they show up late and you do them the courtesy of still holding the session. They then think the session is supposed to go over the scheduled time because they were late, even if you have other clients that you have scheduled and you need to be respectful of their time. Um, The same thing with like hairdressers, right? So Mm, uh, (laughs) having appointments, and then you go to the salon and you realize like that appointment really wasn't like a real appointment um, mm-hmm. because they have other people in their chair or they're trying to, you know, do multiple heads. And so they're just not respecting of your time boundary that you have in place. So um, those are examples of different boundaries um, and how they can impact the boundaries that you set. Yeah. Those are some really good examples, cause girl, I got some stories. <laughs> Especially <laughs> we the gonna... long one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so we're gonna get into just kind of really talking in more detail about boundaries and some of the things that maybe we've struggled with personally, what we've seen in terms of just you know as we've worked in this field and as we you know either work with couples or work with individuals. Um, in the different settings that we've worked in. I mean, I'm sure we have tons and tons of examples of, of how boundaries have shown up in our personal lives and in our, our professional ones. Um, so, um, some of the, I guess one, one thing I want to, um, ask is like, what do you think are some barriers to boundary setting? Like when you think about your personal life and maybe just some of the things that you've seen in your work, like what, what are some things that you think are, you know, the barriers, like what gets in the way? I would say the first barrier that seems to be a common theme is saying no and how that can change the interaction, change the relationship. Um, 
feeling bad about it, feeling um, just any type of like different emotions in regards to that. Um, So for a, a big example that I can use is when I have worked with those who are struggling with addiction and uh, whether it was them struggling, you know, themselves or a family member trying to support someone who is struggling with addiction. Boundaries are a very challenging thing because with addiction, um, for loving someone through who's struggling with addiction, sometimes in setting that boundary, you are fearful that it is going to send that person spiraling or that you saying no and setting that boundary could be a life or death type of situation. And so, um, you know, at times I've worked with, you know, parents who've had a a child who was struggling with addiction. And even though the child may have stolen from them and, you know, has been just disrespectful in their home and to them and, and just all the different boundaries that we talked about, you know, the six different types, um, the parent will still want to set a boundary with them, but also feel like, well, if I don't do this, what then is going to happen? Like, I won't know what's going on with them. Um, They won't interact with me. And then I will be on the other side of just completely the unknown. And that's more scary for me. Um, Like, I won't know where they're sleeping. Are they being taken advantage of? You know, are they alive? You know, things like that. And so like, I will say like that, just the, the no and the, the what ifs of, of where that could go. Um, can cause people to have a challenge with boundaries. I also think like if you've never been taught boundaries, so if you've never seen it um, actually modeled um, in your life, whether it be with those and, you know, adults in your life, um, people that you surround yourself with, if they have not modeled good boundary setting um, for you, it may be such a, like a naive and crazy thought to even think that you something that you can do. Um, okay. And so like, because it's just this, like kind of like unicorn, it's like, okay, I, I hear I should set boundaries, but what does that actually look like? I haven't seen anyone in my personal life be able to actually set boundaries and they mean something, right? So yeah. it's it's different of having that word of like, okay, boundaries. Like I understand I need to set boundaries. Like, yeah, it makes sense. But like, what does that look like? And if you've never seen someone actually apply it and it it actually made a difference um, and they see the benefit of it, then it's, it's kind of like this vague word that, you know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know even mm-hmm. how to apply it and, and what benefit does it bring to me? Right. Like, mm-hmm. so I think like that also is something that I have witnessed is um, the idea of, the what happens if I say no what happens if I set this boundary but also like what's the benefit of doing so you know how Mm -hmm. is this going to serve me but also if you have like a codependent um relationship sometimes you feel like you're not entitled to have a boundary because you are reliant of that other person or that situation and the Mm -hmm. idea of separating yourself from it is so scary that you can't even think about that so like setting boundaries is not something that you're in the place to do at the time because you you don't want to lose access to that relationship or that situation um, because you are reliant of it. So um, Mm -hmm. I would say like those are examples that I have experienced. What about you? Yeah, just to add briefly, I think that the biggest barrier that I've seen is that 
people are not in tune with why the boundary is even important to begin with, right? Like they haven't, they haven't interrogated and like assessed and self-reflect, you know, done any self-reflection about, okay, you know, I, I have this, 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 there's a, a part of me that feels like I should be setting a boundary, but I'm not quite sure. I haven't even gotten the, I haven't given myself the space to even explore, like, why, why am I having this reaction? So I think some of the barrier is people are just not doing enough self-reflection because again, when you have to, you know, setting the boundaries, one thing, maintaining the boundaries, another, and I think that's where having a deeper understanding of why it's important to you comes in, right? Because if you, you know, because what people don't get is that when you disregard your own boundaries, that is a, it is a direct indication that like people don't, people don't take you seriously when you do that, you know, and it's, it's not about other people. It's really about you. Right. So I think it, it's important to consider, okay, why is this boundary important? Why, why am I having this experience, this reaction? And like, how can I get clear about like why this is even important to me, right? Because that's because when you have to, not that you have to defend your boundary, but you're going to get pushback. Like that's just going to be that's part of it, right? Yeah. And not necessarily because people are assholes. I mean, some people are assholes, but <laughs> a lot of it is because when you are changing the dynamic of your relationships by changing how you show up, it changes how they experience you, right? They don't get the same access to you. They don't get the same benefits when you say, nah, I ain't doing that. Like, that's not how I'm trying to show up in this relationship anymore. And so that's why I think it's important to have some, to to have some clarity on it because then you can explain and not that you have to explain, but I, I think there's a fine line between, you know, setting a boundary and not feeling, and not feeling as though you need to give some understanding to a meaningful relationship. I do understand that no is a complete sentence, but I do think that sometimes because the dynamics have been so enmeshed, it might be important to say, hey, like, I don't like the way I'm showing up in this relationship and this is why I'm setting this boundary. Now, you don't have to like it. I'm not, it's not about you liking it. It's about me giving you clarity on like why this is happening. This is happening, whether you like it or not. And so I think it's important and you can't, you can't do that. You can't give that information if you have not even assessed it yourself, if you have not given some like real thought to that. So I think that's a barrier for sure. I also think that we don't do enough consideration about personal boundaries, boundaries that we, how many times do we say, we're not going to talk to that man no more. We're not going to, you know, buy that them clothes anymore. We're not going to, you know, waste money anymore. And we, we violate our own boundaries, right? So I think sometimes you teach people how to treat you when you treat you as though you're not important, right? I think that is, that is to me, step one, step one is how am I showing up for me? Right. Because if I show up for me and I hold myself accountable, it I think it does. It, it can be a little bit easier to hold yourself accountable in your other relationships. You know, we've talked about this in the relationship uh, series. Right. That how often do we just disregard our relationship with ourselves? Right. I think boundaries and personal boundaries and, and self boundaries is a part of that. And I think that sometimes we just don't even consider that we're just 
aimlessly disregarding our own boundaries. Um, and so those to me would be to, I would also piggyback off of, you're absolutely right, in addictions. I think parents and loved ones have such a hard time holding boundaries to their loved one who is in early recovery because fill in the blank, they tell themselves anything to like not hold themselves accountable. And what they don't understand is that your lack of boundaries is also what's going to impact their their addiction. If if you are, yeah, right. If you continue to be an enabler in that relationship, your enabling behavior, I don't ever want to blame a family member, but I do think that in lots of ways, not setting boundaries and being an enabler does increase their chances of using. It does because if they know that they can say whatever, do, I mean, people who are in early addiction, being manipulative and all, that's just a part of the, the, the makeup of a person who's struggling with addiction. It's not, it's not personal, right? It is just that their addiction cannot survive if they are not manipulative and, and conniving and all that. Right. And, 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 and so it is more important to say, like, I know the tricks of the trade now. And like, here is how I'm going to show up. I don't want you to use, but I can't contribute to that anymore. Like, and so my, my commitment to your recovery is that I'm not giving you money. Like, I'm not letting you stay here. You can't come here after midnight. Like, I'm, you know, you, you can't bring your friends over here. Like, y- y- if you steal, you got to go. Like, there are just things that you have to be committed to doing. And that's the thing about the boundary setting. Like if you are not committed to following through with that boundary, don't set it because what you're doing is you are creating a dynamic where they just, they're, they're going to think you're, you're bluffing. They're not going to believe. Um, and so I always tell people set the boundary that makes the most sense for you. I don't care how small it is. If you can actually follow through that boundary overall becomes more meaningful in that relationship, then yeah, I liken it to like when your kid does something, you're like, you're grounded for the rest of the summer. It's like, you're not doing that. No. And the reality is no. that's, that's, it's not helping you and it's not helping them because it, it, it doesn't fit. Oftentimes our consequences don't fit with what actually happened. We're just pissed. You know, we're just annoyed. Um, so yeah, so those would be some mm-hmm. of the things that I would, I would say like, those are, those are definitely some of the barriers that I've seen for sure. Yeah. And I also want to add that sometimes in a barrier to boundaries, it's feeling like you yourself do not deserve to set that boundary. Mm. You know, I think self-esteem also plays a really Mm -hmm. big part. And I know I, I constantly used my mom as an example, but I think like for her, boundaries were so difficult because she didn't feel like she was worthy enough to set that boundary. She was mm-hmm. looking at all of her past mistakes and experiences and feeling like, you know, people gave me grace in these situations. And even though they weren't similar or they may have been a little bit similar, it didn't mean that she herself couldn't set that boundary for herself. But mm-hmm. oftentimes she would feel like she was not in a place to even consider it because who was she like you know yep. you you have this history um you you have 
all of these prior experiences that other people have put up with. So why do you think that you can set this boundary for yourself? You don't yep. deserve it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like that also is something that can play a major part in a barrier is people feeling like they are not worthy or, or allowed to set boundaries because of prior experiences and, and their prior past. Um yeah. And and people who benefit from your lack of boundaries will literally use those type of things to make you feel like you are not deserving of setting that boundary. So they will constantly throw, you know, your prior experiences or prior um, situations in your face to, again, reduce you setting that boundary because they benefit from your lack of boundaries. You know, like you said, they are able to manipulate what is serving them, right? And mm-hmm. and so I think like that is something if you are dealing with low self-esteem and low self-worth, um, setting boundaries can be a very significant challenge for you because you don't think yeah. that you are deserving to set those things. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say like that's another barrier. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Just feeling undeserving. Like I, the first thing that came to my mind was like, who am I? Like, mm-hmm. why do I, you know get to set this boundary. And it's like, we all have the right, <laughs> you know what I mean? To, to set boundaries for ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Um, Another question. Yeah. You want to ask the next one? Yeah. So what is the cost of not setting um, self boundaries um, and boundaries with others? Yeah. You know, I kind of touched on this, right? I think it is, it is a, it's a total disregard to yourself, right? When you um, are struggling to to set self boundaries, right? Um, it's a total disregard to who you are, um, to what you what you want, right? Um, I think people. I know that this is like a you know it's an old saying. You know, you teach people how to treat you, and while I do understand why people don't necessarily always like that. I do think that it's a way to hold yourself accountable, right? It's a way to show up for yourself in a way that says, um, I I want to be treated this way and I can't assume that you are just going to treat me this way because I'm great and wonderful and all these things. Like I, I may be all those things and those people still get treated like shit. Like, so it, like, it doesn't, you know, like being great and wonderful and like, all those things is, is great, but like, that's not going to, that's not going to, it's not going to, um, make someone believe that you are deserving to be treated a certain way. The only way that that happens is if you decide that I am worthy of this and I'm going to ask for this and I can't control if I get it, but as long as I don't ask, I won't get it. You know, as long as I don't show up in a way that says I want to be treated this way, um, I'm not going to get it. And I think um, the other cost, a huge one that I've seen in people is not knowing when to walk away once you set the boundary and it is clear that like this person is not changing, this person is not committed to um, you know, making the necessary adjustments to show up for you. Right. Um, and that's not, I'm not even necessarily just talking about romantic partnership, but even friendships, right. That, you know, or, or, you know, 
relationships with your parents, right? That you are asking for something and they have committed to doing it, but they continue to fall short. You know, at what point do you decide that maybe what I'm asking for, what I'm asking for is not too much, but they are just unwilling to give it. And so then what do I need to do, right? To, to show up for myself in a different way, right? That I'm, I'm, you know, wasting my time and my energy on this thing that is not changing. Right. So I think that that's a huge cost. Um, I think, um, the major cost to me though, is like just continuing to accept garbage for connection. Cause again, that's really what this is about, right? Boundaries is like, I want to stay connected to you. And the only way I can do that is if I feel I'm being treated this way or, and unless you show up for me in this way and everybody's not going to be able to do it. And, and what I will say is that I was something that I didn't say in the beginning was that boundaries are not etched in stone. You can always make adjustments to boundaries. You can always say, I I would always encourage people to start off with boundaries that they know that they can actually follow through with. And then, you know, over time with practice and with consistency, you know, you might say, "Mm, you know, this person is doing well, like maybe, you know, or this dynamic is working. Maybe I can, you know, relinquish or, you know, make some adjustments to that boundary. Um, But I think all in all, you know, it's important to consider that at what point do you recognize that like nothing is changing and what, how is this, how is this serving me at this point? You know, how is this dynamic helpful to, to me? Um, and it's, it's not a selfish thing. It is just a reflective question, right? Like, you know, how is this, you know, how is this, how is this serving me? And if it's not serving me, is there something that I need to do or have I done enough? Like, have I done all I can do? Um, and that the only other option at this point is maybe to just, you know, again, be mindful of the time that I'm giving the presence that I'm, I'm sharing, um, you know, like, so, so those will be some of the, the costs to me, um, you know, just off the top of, of my head, uh, or some of the things that I, I think of, uh, what about you? What do you think? I agree. I think it also, it sets the tone for other interactions um, because, you know, if you are allowing someone or something to have an impact and you're not setting a boundary for yourself and, and you are not thinking of yourself in these interactions, other people are watching. Other people are looking in yep. and not everyone who is in your life or will come into your life is there for great reasons. Um, And so it can also put you as a target. You know, I think when I've worked with individuals who have been in um, interpersonal relationship uh, violence, interpartner violence um, relationships um, and working with them after, you know, leaving that that relationship, um, or even talking with someone who's had numerous ones, um, oftentimes what I've found is that they have an issue with setting boundaries. And so they tend to find themselves in other interactions that have led them to that same type of cycle. Um, and so, you know, 
people who don't have the best intentions, they know what to look for in other people and they know how to kind of like get what they want. Um, And so like, if you are not good at setting boundaries, if you are someone who has um, codependent um, ways about you, that is like someone who is great at, you know, messing with those boundaries they're going to look for you they they mm-hmm. always know their perfect victim right um and so like i think like that also is something that it can cost you is is repeating these these interactions you know and it can start as simple as a friendship you know um being friends with someone who you know we always talk about like that you know, your parents might tell you like that friend is jealous of you. Right. Um, and you feeling like, you know what? No, you know, it was just a situation, but then there's other situations that you are kind of just like trying to not pay attention to or whatever you're choosing to look the other way. Cause you see, you know, the, a, a good person in them. Um, and then Oftentimes what happens is you might see other people that you interact with and they see how that person has been able to get over on you. And then they may feel like they can do the same thing. And then, you know, your partners or your family members. So it could just be a repeating cycle. And I think the thing that people don't really highlight is it's not only do you set the tone for how people treat you. You also set the tone of how you treat yourself. And so mm-hmm. if you are constantly having these interactions and these people are not respecting your boundaries, it does chip away at you in some manner and it could experience burnout, um, low self-worth, you know, low self-esteem. Um, you know, it it does have an impact on you in some manner. And so I think like that's that would be like the biggest impact. Um that not having healthy boundaries can have is that it chips away at your self-worth. It chips away of how you view yourself. Um, and you then can start to put yourself in more dangerous situations because you don't feel like that you, um, are worthy of, of, of more you, you know, Mm -hmm. you have grown to expect that, you know, because you don't have good, healthy boundaries that the people that you interact with have taken advantage of you. So you might, that now may be the lens that you see others in, that you have just grown to expect that, you know, this man is going to get whatever he wants from me and that's all I deserve, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, individual is going to, you know, do things to my body that I don't want them to, but I don't have a voice. I I don't have a say. And so it could put you in other situations where, you know, there has been situations where I work with clients who have been sexually assaulted. And some of the most horrible stories that I've heard is where they thought that that was all that they deserved. And it, and it led to them kind of being like sexually trafficked. Um, because of, of feeling like, you know, this person, this is the idea of love. Right. And so, um, in their head, their, their idea and their concept of love is very warped. And so they would be with a partner and, and he would abuse them. And then he would convince them to then put their body with other people. And, you know, if you do this, you love me. If you don't do this, you don't love me. You know, why are you wanting to hurt me? And just manipulating them to the point where they then would be sexually trafficked um, yeah. to other people, you know, prostituted and and thinking that that was all that they deserved. That's what they had to do. Um, so I think like, it, again, it chips at you and it chips at 
who you are as a person to the point where you start to believe that this is all that it is. Like all people are going to treat you this way. So why even try to set a boundary? Because this is just how mm. people are. They they take advantage of you. And then you might also become someone who thinks like it's a dog eat dog world. So if I don't yeah. take advantage of someone else, they're going to take advantage of me. So I have to do it first. Right? Yeah. Um, so that really interacts or impacts your interpersonal relationships as well. Um, so it's like, I'm going to be the first person that hurts you and get you for what you want because I'm used to others doing that to me. Um, so I would say like that, that is a, a significant cause. Yeah, it's like it changes your worldview, right? You go in with different expectations and then after those really traumatic experiences as a way to self-protect, right? That's, that's, that is the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, def- it definitely can change your worldview for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next question is about like, okay, so we've talked about boundaries. We've talked about some of the barriers and like some of the costs, but like, what are the ingredients? So like when we think about what it takes to set quality, healthy boundaries, what would you say is included in that? So I would say the first ingredient is Self-reflection, I think really self-esteem plays a major part in in boundary setting because you have to first feel like you're deserving to set a boundary. Um, That is the first thing. If you do not view yourself in a positive light, how are you going to get anyone else to to respect what you're saying, right? so I think like that's that's the first thing is self-esteem, self-reflection, how you view yourself um, would be the foundation. And then also, I think you talked about this too, is like understanding that boundaries can be adjusted. They don't have to be set in stone, but you really want to do set a boundary that is going to work for you, right? So where I might say, this is my boundary, this is my expectation, and it's very firm, you may be in the same situation and that may not be something that one, you agree with, or two, that's something you feel like can work for you, like, right? Right. So I think like it has to be something that you feel comfortable with, but also you feel like it's something that you can achieve and you can do. Because the last thing you want to do, like you said, like where parents are just pissed and they're like, you're grounded for the rest of your life. You're not going nowhere. And then they get tired of you in the house in the summertime. They're like, these kids is getting on my nerves. Go outside. And it's like, oh, I thought I was grounded, right? Right. Um, So like, and then you, you know, as a child, okay, I know mom told me like, you know, I'm grounded or whatever. Anytime she tells me I'm grounded, all I got to do is get on her nerves. And I know she's going to tell me, well, go outside because you're getting on my nerves. So yeah. That's the recipe. When mom sets a boundary, I got this recipe now that I do, and I know it's going to break the boundary, right? So I think like you have to be realistic in what you're setting. You have to make sure that it's something that you can commit to, um, and it's not so out into the universe that it's like the idea even doing it causes you to be like, nope, I can't do it. Like, or I'm going to change it. It's not something you can stick to. Um, Cause then that's not really a boundary, like a healthy boundary for yourself. And I think you have to like, it's not a one size fits all type of a mindset. You have to figure out what is something that you're ready to commit to. Are you good at committing? Right. But also like, 
don't set multiple boundaries if that's not something that you're you're good at, right? Yeah. Maybe it's that you just need to start off by saying, you know, this is a small boundary and I'm going to build it up, right? Um, I'm going to start off with, I know that this interaction, this one person, you know, maybe it's the calls, right? You know that the you have a person in your life who is not respectful of your time and they call you all, all hours of the night for nothing, literally just want to call you and complain or vent or whatever. And they don't care that you have more like work in the morning, you have kids or whatever. So a boundary that you could start off with is you put your phone on, do not disturb, or you put a, you know, for them, you silence them, you know, at a certain time. I have friends who their phone is on do not disturb, but they do have it where certain people are able to still reach them even Mm -hmm. if it is on do not disturb and or where they can still reach you, but it doesn't alert you. Um, Mm. So again, that can be a boundary that you set. I have a friend whose sleep is an issue for him. He has issues with sleeping. And so his boundary is he puts his phone on do not disturb um, and he doesn't check his phone. You know, he might randomly check it, you know, early in the morning when he is, you know, having issues with sleep. But it's up to him if he wants to respond. He doesn't feel inclined to do it. Yeah. Um, so that is his boundary that he set. And I think, like, again, you want to set something that's realistic. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't want to be like, you know, because people will tell you, oh, you need to set a boundary. You need to do this. You need to do that. But if it's not something that you actually can see yourself doing, then it's not going to be beneficial for you. So like yeah. the ingredient to me is to have that self-worth, have that you know self-esteem where you have that foundation, but also it's something that you value, that you actually feel like you are capable of doing, capable of holding firm, and you're okay with that, right? Again, mm-hmm. like we talked about parents who, or a loved one who is struggling with someone who has an active addiction. We on the outside looking in, we can tell you everything that you need to do, right? But if it's not something that you um, can actually see yourself doing, it's not something that you can sit with and be like, you know, I'm going to do this. Um, Or if it's something that causes you more turmoil by doing that, then you're not going to see the benefit of it. And so even though someone on the outside may say like, you really do need to do something, um, we don't get to make up what that person's boundary is, right? Mm-hmm. So I think like that's the other ingredient is that you have to set a boundary that makes sense for your life, for your situation, and something you can commit to. And don't just feel like you're inclined to do one because, you know, Jill or Bill told you that there's something that you need to do. Mm-hmm. If you don't see the benefit of it, you're not going to hold fast to it. You have right. to see the benefit of putting these things in place. Like, the benefit has to be there mm-hmm. or if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And they're hard. Yeah. Boundaries are hard as hell. They are. So you have to get, like, you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel to hold fast. Like, you know, yeah. if you got a, a romantic partner and you know he ain't no good, he ain't really doing anything, but let's just say, you know, something is good. <laughs> Right, we'll just something. Put that something, something <laughs> yeah. is good. When you get that late night call, <laughs> you gotta hold on. Like it gotta be some type of benefit for you. Yep. Or you gonna be picking up that phone every time yep. and locking that door. So like, right? Yeah. Again, like it, it has to serve you in some manner. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. 
you are going to it's it's gonna fail every time. Every time yep. you feel like you're a little bit lonely, mm-hmm. you're gonna be picking up that phone and letting yep. that person in, knowing that they come with all the mess. But yep. you know, for that time being, they're gonna give you whatever you need. Again, right? It has to make sense for you. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I would say. You know, yeah. making make sense. Make sure that you value yourself and you feel like it's something that you are worthy of um if your self-esteem is is in the garbage is low you don't you don't have self-worth the idea of setting a boundary is is just going to be like rainbows and butterflies like mm-hmm. yeah the gold on the end of the rainbow i ain't seeing mm-hmm. that anytime soon so you can't talk you can't convince me into doing it, it sounds good mm-hmm. you know but I can't really cash it in. So what yeah. about you? Yeah, this one is, is this one could be hard, right? In terms of like trying to figure out what the ingredients are for a boundary for you. I, I would say first things first, um, understand why you're setting the boundary. So I think some awareness um, of the boundary um, is important. Yeah, I don't think you can really start I think you have to start from that place to really have like the, the, um, for the prognosis of your boundary to be a healthy one. So kind of having some self-awareness, um, about why you're setting the boundary, why is it important to you? What are you hoping to accomplish with this boundary? Right. And I don't know that that information is useful for the other person, but it is definitely useful for you. And we're talking about, um, you know, being able to have a clear picture of why this is important. I think that is helpful. Um, I think having confidence when you are uh, setting the boundary. And sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, right? Sometimes you got to act confident, even when you're like scared as hell about like, what is, what is going to be the end result of setting this boundary? Because I think sometimes for a lot of us, it's like, I don't want to come across as mean or, um, I'm going to feel guilty, you know, or all these things that we might experience from setting a boundary. And so I think um, appearing confident, right? So that means eye contact. That means um, speaking slowly and concisely and directly. You know, that means don't allow this person to kind of derail the conversation, kind of stick to the topic at can. We're not talking about that. We're talking about this boundary right here, right? So, you know, kind of keeping those things in mind. Um, as far as ingredients, um, I also think that, um, depending on the boundary, I don't think it's a bad idea to make some negotiations, right? I think that we're never going to, how do I say this? Cause I don't, I don't want to make it seem as though people should settle. Cause I don't think you should settle. If, if you think that this boundary is non-negotiable, then it's non-negotiable. But if there is some wiggle room, I do think that it is worth saying, okay, this is what I'm, I'm asking for. This is what you can provide me. It's clearly not the same thing. How can we meet somewhere in the middle? What, what makes sense then? If this doesn't make sense to you, and this is where I am, where can we meet in the middle? Because sometimes this is not like just a, this isn't just a relationship that you can just end tomorrow. Sometimes it's with your child. Sometimes it's with your, your spouse. Sometimes it is with a, a, a parent, right? In these relationships, you just, 
I don't think that it is useful to just end relationships because you don't get what you want. I think when you don't get what you want or when you both are kind of at a crossroads, it does open up a conversation. It, it, It opens up an opportunity to communicate, to um, get curious about how do we get to this place where we both are feeling like we're getting what we need, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would say that if it's non-negotiable, it's non-negotiable, right? There are some things that like, it ain't no talking, right? It's just, this is what it is. And if you can't give it, then I'm gone. And I think that that's fair, but I do think that every situation isn't non-negotiable. And if it's not non-negotiable, then I do think that is where communication skills come in, that that non-violent communication, that effective, you know, communication, that active listening, like those to me are ingredients too, right? Because again, it doesn't mean you have to change your boundary, but I do think that healthy boundary setting does require that you listen too. Like it's not just about you talking about what you need. It's also about really getting a clear understanding like, why is it so hard for, for this person to, to meet me here? Like, why is that an issue? How can I learn more about why this is an issue? It doesn't mean you're going to change anything, but I do think that we don't understand each other enough, right? We are doing so much talking and sometimes we are so committed to not being done wrong or protecting ourselves from harm that we're not even considering that we're not even, we're not even thinking about the other person in this dynamic. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, again, non-negotiable means non-negotiable. That is, there is no talking. But I think if something is not non-negotiable and there's room to kind of explore, um, you know, how we get these needs met, how we meet in the middle, I do think that that is important. Um, I think another ingredient to a healthy boundary setting um, is... um, and this one can be hard, um, but I do think that making sure that you're 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 setting this boundary with good intentions. I think sometimes, again, people can use boundary, the language of boundaries and assertiveness, and you know, emotional intelligence, all that stuff. To me, I'm starting to see is used as a weapon to like manipulate people and to get what you want. And I think that sometimes if you're not coming to this situation, setting boundaries with good intentions and you're doing it so that you can get some kind of, because there's some self-serving needs that you're trying to get met. And this is the, and you're using all of this like clinical language and therapeutic language to kind of like show that you, you want people to think you get it, but you're really using it as a way to weaponize, you know, manipulating people, then I think that like an ingredient to that is like, come to this with like true intentions, real intentions, honest intentions. If you're, if you know, like I always say like, just because I can take advantage of people doesn't mean that I should. Right. And like, you will see people will take advantage of other people because they know that they can. And I don't think that that's useful. I, I, I don't, I think that there's a, I do think that it's our responsibility to like protect ourselves but like if someone is like being dishonest, it's not my job to like, you know, be lurking around a corner to see who's like being like, I just don't think that that's, I don't think that, I think that that absolves people of like, just being good people, like just being a person with integrity. Like, why would, I don't think that you should be using these tools and this language 
to get your manipulative needs met. And people do that often. Yeah. So I would say come to these situ- come to these conversations with true and honest intentions. I think that's a huge component of like setting a healthy boundary. If if you already got like ulterior motives, then like this say hey, this is already not healthy. <laughs> you know. Um and then I think another component is like and I kind of alluded to this but like communication, like active communication, uh nonviolent communication, communication where you are um you know, utilizing the empathy, the validation, the, um, you know, all of those things that kind of help people feel seen when they are, because again, you said this, setting boundaries is hard. It, it, there's a level of vulnerability that is required to say to somebody, Hey, I really need this and I'm not getting it. And like, I need this. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to ask for what you need from other people. Um, and so I do think that it's important to, um, I think it's important to respect that and, and honor that. Like it took a lot for this person to maybe come to me and say this, you know, and, and that's not always easy. So I do think that because of that, you know, the empathy, the, active communication, active listening, you know, all those things I think are, are helpful in like creating a, an environment where people feel connected and people feel, um, seen and heard. Um, those are just important components to just having healthy relationships in general. But I think when you're setting the stage for setting healthy boundaries, I think that that's also a part of it. So, yeah. Um, so this question now, I'll go ahead. ahead. Oh, the other part of that is being an ingredient that may be missing is what do you then do or what are you willing to do when that boundary is not respected? You know, because I think like that's the other part of the coin, right? That I don't think that people really focus on is you, if you get past, you know, you get all those ingredients, you got that pot going and it's, you know, it's smelling good. You're ready. Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, the other person's like, I don't want that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what? you got that pot smelling good now, but the other person is not ready to receive it. So what are you willing to then do if that boundary is not accepted, if that boundary is not respected? And I think like, you also have to be prepared and have some type of um, understanding of what the next steps are or else, so. again, setting that boundary isn't going to make sense, right? Like, what are you prepared to do if your boundary is not respected? Um, what does that look like for you, you know? Or like you said, like, is it where you are willing to adjust it? You know, is it where you're willing to adjust your expectation? Um, You know, a a perfect example I use with the kids is, you know, with my mom when she was actively in her addiction and I actually grew to understand what healthy boundaries were and, you know, started to implement them in my life. I also knew I had to be prepared for what that interaction would look like if she wasn't willing to respect it. And at times it meant that I was not communicating with my mom, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and not everyone is accepting of that. Not everyone is okay with that. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, 
that was like, you know, something that I was accepting of and I was okay with. I mean, it still brought me different emotions, but it was something that I knew I had to do for myself. But I also understand like with the kids that we have, that is not something that they have come to terms with and are accepting of. And so like what I always tell them is you have to find boundaries. Like you have to set healthy boundaries for yourself because you do set the tone for how people treat you. But you also have to figure out maybe you change your expectation. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the way that you set a boundary. And that's the boundary that you set with yourself is, you know, maybe you have this this very core belief of what a mom should look like, what a dad should look like. And when that person is not measuring up to that, you then have to act accordingly. But maybe you're not prepared to, you know, sever those tides, right? Um, So figure out maybe what you can change is the expectation. Maybe you change that they have shown you who they were and you are willing to accept certain parts of them, but you're also going to change the expectation that you have for that interaction. So it doesn't leave you wanting. It doesn't leave you with that void. And I think like going back to when we talk about what is a cost of not setting boundaries with parents or um, any type of family member or even a friend, a romantic relationship, it can create a void that you then have and you can be looking for other people or other things to fill that void that are not healthy, right? That Mm -hmm. are problematic, that are dangerous. And so like, the best thing you can do in setting boundaries is try to reduce those voids that you could be forming for yourself with changing the expectation. So it's not saying that you are ready to completely sever tides with that individual, but maybe you change the expectation so then you're not left wanting for something Mm -hmm. that is not able to ever deliver to the extent that you are wanting it for, right? You're not going to be longing. Um, So I think like that, also would be an ingredient that you would want to include is maybe you alter the expectation um, if the boundary is not accepted, it's, if it's not respected by the individual. Um, I just wanted to that's a that. good That's a good point. Um, and that's what I mean by like, you know, maintaining the boundary, right? It's like, you know, set the boundary, setting the boundary is easy. You know what I mean? It's like when people be like tap dancing on that shit, like, I don't really care that you said this. Like, that's when it's like, okay, what am I going to do? Because this person is just like, you know, and, <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and like, I will say this, that because, you know, I look at, you know, family relationships, I look at that like a system, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I look at that like, you know, we all operate in this dynamic um, you know, pretty intricately, right? And and like we it's like a puzzle, right? And the moment you change your puzzle piece that does no longer fits inside this puzzle, it does change the way your relationship operates. And so sometimes people's inability to like quote unquote respect your boundary isn't necessarily because they're doing it in an attempt to disrespect you. They also may be doing it because it is, it's new to them. Just as much as setting the boundary is new to you, having to follow new rules is new to them. And so that's why I do think that it is important sometimes to have real meaningful conversations about why are we getting this wrong, right? Because I don't always think that it's somebody's like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Now, sometimes it is. And sometimes people are like, you know, 
she this ain't the first time so you know we're we gonna see how serious this person is about and, and so then in in that respect i do agree with you that it's like okay so then what you gonna do because this person is pretty much saying like they know you you just you you, you, you okay like they, they know they know that they can say whatever they can do whatever and like whatever you say is not it's not real they don't take it seriously because you have exhibited countless times that you're that that all they have to deal with like whatever the consequence of crossing the boundary is it's worth continuing to cross it because again it's 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 meaningless to them right your attempt to you know maintain the boundary is not enough for them to say i need to figure this out because i don't want to deal with that you know and so that's to me what the issue is is you've continued to allow someone to violate you and I don't want to blame people because I don't to me I always say there's a fine line between like victim blaming and like accountability and like what accountability do you owe yourself to the way you are allowing somebody to treat you no you can't control people but you can control the access that they have so you can, you can control the amount of time and energy you give to them and so, no, you, it's not your fault that someone is choosing to do this, but there is some accountability in terms of, okay, what do I need to do differently so that I am, you know, operating in a space that, that, that says to people that like, she's not to be treated that way, you know, and that only comes from your posture. If your posture is passive, passive patty, they're going to keep treating you that way. That is just, it's just what it is. I mean, I'm just saying like, that's, 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 if that's your posture, that's how you're going to be treated. And so some of this is like, you know, and people don't want to do this, but it's, it takes some looking inward, some introspection, like how am I showing up and how often is this the way I'm treated and not just this relationship, but other relationships. Oftentimes this behavior is not singular. Mm -hmm. This, uh, this, this behavior shows up in every every facet of your life in that respect you're the common denominator what are you willing to do to show up differently so that people know not to fuck with you the people know that what you what you what what the old folks say fat meat greasy like they need to know that like you that that this is this is serious you know what i mean like you know and so i think that there is a level of introspection that is required when we are seeing this pattern play out in other parts of our life, then it's not necessarily just those people anymore. It's us. And that's the part that we oftentimes struggle to admit is that this might be my shit. You know, how do I show up differently so that this does not continue to happen? So that's what I would, I would add to that. Um, so how have clients you have worked with benefited from conversations about boundaries? Because I know that this has come up for you. It's definitely come up for me. So like, what, what would you say in terms of how your clients have benefited from these conversations? I would say like the first way that they benefit is just, again, how they view themselves um, <laughs> and, and how they view themselves then allows them to view and be able to be reflective on interactions with other people. Um, And, you know, also identifying like triggers, like, you know, clients that I've worked with who have experienced trauma or are dealing with like a mental health diagnosis and things like that. um, 
you know, setting boundaries for them has helped them to have a different perspective on how to kill themselves, how to take care of themselves, how to, you know, I always tell people stress kills. Um, mm. You know, when someone it. is dealing with, you know, high stressful situations and interactions, you see that on blood work, you see that in their um, physical, uh, emotional, you know, well-being. Um, and so people don't really understand that, right? Um, and when you set boundaries for yourself, it's basically you respecting yourself, you taking care of yourself, you um, putting yourself first, which for some people can be such a foreign idea. Um, you know, oh, with yeah. female clients, I will say um, boundaries have, you know, setting healthy boundaries or having conversations about boundaries for them has been life changing because um, sometimes, especially if they are mothers, they are caregivers, they are, um, you know, partners. Um, they tend to put themselves low on the totem pole in regards to getting other people's needs met. And so having conversations of boundaries reminds them that they too are a person. If you are not taking care of yourself, you are not good for these other individuals. You have to put your mask on first, right? Yeah. Um, they literally tell you that when you board an airplane. If mm -hmm. you don't put your mask on first, it doesn't matter how many people you're trying to save. You can't save them and assist yeah. them because you can't breathe. So, you know, I think like it's a reminder uh, for clients of putting themselves first. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you mm -hmm. have to be a little bit selfish. And, and I think in society, sometimes we talk about putting ourselves first first as self-serving and it's this, you know, negative viewpoint, but no, like it's, it's not negative. You can mm -hmm. be a little bit selfish. Like you have to take care of self before you could take care of others. Um, you have to refill your cup before you can pour into others. Um, yeah. and so like, I think like having conversations with clients in regards to that, that you can't pour from an empty cup. And if you don't have boundaries, it's literally where you have this pitcher of water and everyone is getting it. And if you're not putting in place some type of um, guard, safeguards, by the time you access that pitcher, it could be gone. And you yep. don't know when it's going to be refilled again. And so yep. you have to also care about yourself just as you care as much as about other people. Um, okay. So I, I say like that is... Um, conversations that they've really benefited from, regardless of what they're struggling with, is that you matter. Like, yeah. you matter. You care about other people and, and you're mindful about, you know, your interactions with other people, but you have to also be mindful about your interactions with yourself. Like, mm -hmm. you have to put yourself first. Um, again, you, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And if you are just letting everyone have access to you, not everyone is deserving to have unlimited access to you, no matter mm -hmm. who they are in your life. If they are not pouring back into you in some way or manner, they should not have unfiltered, unrestricted access to you. It's not mm -hmm. good for you. And it's also not good for them. Yeah. And it's not good for other people who are viewing the interaction, right? If you have kids and they are seeing your lack of boundaries, your lack of healthy boundaries, they then are going to mirror what they see. They model, kids model what they see. So mm -hmm. if you are not 
putting something in place to to show them what it looks like to have healthy boundaries to protect yourself, you know, they then are going to repeat those things. And and so, you know, I just think those conversations just reminding that you are someone, you matter. You know, you have to to look at yourself. Um, no matter what you have dealt with, you are still someone who matters. That really has helped people change the viewpoint of how they view themselves because that's really, you know, your relationship with self. And we said this in the relationship series. The first, the most important relationship is the relationship you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. You cannot have great relationships with other people if you do not have a good relationship with yourself. Yeah. If you don't treat yourself good. How are you going to have interactions with other people and have them treat you good? You can't. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't. Right. So, you know, I think just reminding them of self and how you view yourself um, really is the foundation of addressing trauma, addressing, you know, mental health diagnosis and the symptoms that may come from that. Medical diagnosis. Um, again, all of these. It's the, really the basic foundation of mm-hmm. how you interact with other people, how you interact with other situations. Um, so I would say like that's, that's something that I think for most people, I would say most therapists, most life co- coaches, they're going to have conversations about boundaries because it really starts with self. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, you know, I think these conversations have been useful for some of the clients that I've worked with because until they've actually unpacked some of their relationship issues or relation interpersonal, you know, relationship challenges, they weren't aware that much of their issues with boundary setting and like if we extend that out to like learning how to say no with confidence or extend that out to like um you know, not feeling guilty for putting their needs first. Like that's all that stuff are kind of related to like boundaries. Right. And for much of that, what they started to, what we started to uncover in our, our, our interactions in therapy was that this shit was kind of like foundational, right? So when you think about your childhood and you think about some of the ways in which your parents um, you know, whether they, whether you were the oldest and you were put into really adult like situations where you were caring for siblings or, you know, you know, maybe you, you know, there were no, no, your physical boundaries were always crossed when it came to the way your parents disciplined you or your time was never respected because you were kids. So who cares about your time or, you know, Maybe you had some sexual boundaries that, you know, happened while you were a kid and no one like, so oftentimes what they start to realize is like, they start to realize that like, while I'm being so hard on myself, I had years and years and years of these dynamics that formed, that informed what I'm going through now in my adult life. Like this shit didn't just happen because I had one bad relationship. Like the reason why I was even in that bad relationship was because I was already primed for that by all of the experiences as a kid, you know? And, and because we see those situations in our childhood as like normal, like generally there are some things that we know are just not appropriate, but I think for a lot of us, until we start talking to other people or we go to therapy, we think that this shit is just normal. You know, we think that like, that's just how 
That's how my cousins grew up. You know, that's how the, my friends down the street grew up. That's just that's just what it was. And we don't I don't know that we oftentimes think about the implications of those experiences until we're sitting across or on some therapist's couch and she's like or he's like or they're like that's not normal. I mean, maybe not in those words, but like they are helping you unpack that and you're starting to get, you know, more clarity that like this shit wasn't as normal as I I thought it was or that my family and my upbringing, you know, kind of made me think it was right. Sometimes we we before we even leave the nest, we are already in some ways primed for these really unhealthy relationship dynamics because of the ones that we had as kids. And so I think for many of the clients that I've worked with, it's like an aha moment for them because they're like, they, 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 in some respects, did not connect the dots, right? They didn't realize that those situations in my childhood, you know, in, 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 in some ways has kind of, you know, it, it's primed me, right, for these other really unhealthy relationship dynamics and so relationship dynamics and so for me for for me not to be able to set boundaries is because I wasn't allowed to set boundaries when I was a kid you know no one considered that like maybe I didn't want to hug 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 I didn't want to hug Uncle Johnny after you know Thanksgiving you know what I mean or maybe that I didn't want to go you know um you know give my my time every weekend to you know take care of my siblings. Nobody considered that, you know? And so it's easy for me to give my time away because my time wasn't valued, right? So I think it, it helps them to, to, to understand connections, you know, with like what they're dealing with in their adult life and what they experienced as kids. Um, that's like the biggest thing that I've, I've noticed with having these conversations about boundaries and just like some of the other related topics that, that come up when we're talking about boundaries. Um, I also think that they've been, they benefit because they get to learn how to like validate their experiences. Um, you know, in lots of ways, if you had issues with your time, your time boundaries being violated or your personal boundaries or physical boundaries being violated, you couldn't say that, you know, you couldn't say that when you were a kid and you know, no one, no one cared. Right. And so some of the work that I do is really helping them to like utilize self-compassion skills and validation skills, right? How do you, or self-validation, right? How do you give yourself what you needed because you didn't get it when you were a kid? No one allowed you to like have a complaint or share your dissatisfaction about how you, how your boundaries were not respected, right? So I would say those are some of the, the ways in which my clients have or the clients that I've worked with, I would say that that's the way that some of them have benefited from some of these conversations about boundaries. Yeah. I like that. Now, if you knew then what you know now about boundaries, I kind of want to add this to our um, podcast section. Like when we talk about certain topics, maybe ending that by saying like, if I knew then what I know now about blank, whatever the topic is and, and share like, what would you, what would you do differently? So we'll play around with it, but I thought like, oh, that would be cool to like, you know, maybe sum up the conversation by just sharing a nugget of what we would have done differently or what we've learned just over, you know, the years of our professional and personal experiences with some of these topics. So what would you do differently? Or if you knew then what you know now about boundaries, what would be different? 
I like that question. And I do like that idea. I think that that we definitely should use it for each episode. But um, I would say if I knew now or then what I knew now in regards to boundaries, I would say like that it's okay. Like no is a complete sentence. Um, I have to be respectful of myself first. And I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. Um, you know, if if the situation is not making sense for me, it is causing me increased anxiety. Um, I am, you know, seeing just the thought of certain things playing out where it is having a negative impact on my life. I owe it to myself to to speak up. I owe it to myself to to put something in place to protect myself. Um, I will also say that not just thinking that people know how to treat you um, is, okay. is so important. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I used to, I don't want to say think that people were mind readers because I didn't think that, but I had a concept of what love was and when things didn't align with that concept or idea, it would puzzle me, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think my idea of what love was, was like based off of like movies and things like that, that I would experience. And I would say like growing up in the nineties, there was always like these great movies that, you know, we would watch and it would have, you know, what a family looks like and how your mom or dad should interact and, and your friendships and things like that. Like, you know, um, my girl, like that was such a great movie mm-hmm. and Homeward Bound. Yeah. And like, so like we had like these very like heartfelt movies and when my life didn't match up to it, I thought it was abnormal and, you know, the expectation yeah. was this. And, and I realize now that one, everyone's idea and concept of love is, is different. Um, and I really put in place how I want people to treat me. And I can't just think that they are just knowing of how I want to be treated. I have to voice that. Um, no one is a mind reader. No one is Miss Cleo with a, you know, a ball um, mm-hmm. and able to look into it. And I can't hold people to these expectations if I do not make them known. Um, and so, like, I yeah. would say, like, that is something that... If I would have known, you know, then what I know now, my interactions would have been so different. You know, I wouldn't have been so quick to cut people off, but I also wouldn't have been so um, giving of people having access to me that Mm -hmm. needed to be cut off. Right. Yep. Um, Whether that was friendships, family members, um, you know, romantic partners, things like that. Just like, again, like. I, I set the tone and I have to use my voice. Like that's what it's there for. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I can't just assume that people know these things. People are going to treat me with, you know, um, treat me well, love me the way that I want to be loved. Um, there's different love languages. Right. Um mm-hmm. And so, like, just changing the expectation, but also knowing what is my line in the sand and holding firm to that and not making adjustments just because I feel like it suits the other person, even if it doesn't serve me and it doesn't suit me, um, that I matter. Like, you know, I think, like, that that probably is, like, the biggest thing um, 
that I would say would would be something that I would like to have implemented earlier in my life is, you know, um, the the understanding of why I move, you know, certain ways. Not everyone knows my story. Not everyone is worthy enough to know all of those parts of me. Um, and I can't expect them to, you know, move in certain ways if they don't know the reasons of why I'm acting the way that I am. Um, and so like, I, I have every right to set a boundary, but sometimes you do need to have that dialogue and, and communicate what it is that you're needing. And then you can handle people accordingly, but not just have the expectation, like, they should know because I think that that's unfair and it, it yeah. also sets you up for failure. So I mm-hmm. would say like those are important things. Like not everyone knows my story. Not everyone knows my prior experiences. Not everyone knows me. Um, and okay. people come with their own prior experiences. They come with their own reasons of why they are the way that they are, why they interact the way that they do. And so like if it's a meaningful relationship is something that I value, I do owe them and myself a conversation um, to set that boundary. And then if it's not respected, I then can move accordingly. But I don't have to just be like, (laughs) right. Right. Because, you know, I'm a good guy. I be keeping them (laughs) together. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't going to happen. Like, right. But, Right. Um, now I, I am, you know, a little bit more knowledgeable and and how I move. So I would say that. What about you? Yeah. If I knew then what I know now about boundaries, I would, um, I would have, I would be okay with like walking away. Right. I think that when I think about my early twenties and dating, like there were times when I held on a little too long to certain situations. And part of it was, you know, when I did some self-reflection years later, part of it was like, I was afraid to ask for what I wanted because I was afraid that they were going to be unwilling to meet me there, like meet me with what I, what I wanted. Right. And I, I was not I, I I was gonna say I was not strong enough to walk away, but I don't think it was that I I didn't trust that I was gonna be okay. Like I could walk away from the situation, not getting what I'm asking for, and I'm gonna be okay. Like I think the 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 struggle that I had for a long time was I thought that I wasn't gonna be able to bounce back. I wasn't gonna be able to be okay. Like mm-hmm. That was something that I wish I would have known that like your life is going to be fine. People are entitled to not be ready to, to, to give you what you want and you're going to be okay. You know, I did not have that. I didn't have that understanding. I didn't believe that, you know, and, you know, and so I think that would be one thing I would say that like, I oftentimes set boundaries, but I never enforced or maintained them. And I think that is something that I would, I obviously would have done differently back then, right? I didn't have no problem telling you what the issue was, but I never was able to kind of formulate what it looked like in practice, right? So I don't like this. I'm asking for this. 
here's what's going to happen if you don't do it. Like that, the last part was really hard for me to formulate. Like what, what am I going to do if you continue to do this thing? Right. I think that that was always something that I probably struggled with. Um, and up until recently, maybe within like the last three or four years, I was like, uh, well, that's why like you're, you, you, you haven't taken like the, the last, this last and most important step, right. Is like, what will it look like if this continues, you know, what would it look like for you in, in this dynamic? And so I think that's definitely, definitely what I would do differently. Um, and I, I also think that, um, what, if I knew then what I know now would also be like, what kind of space am I going to provide my son with in order to be able to um, vocalize his dissatisfaction with the boundaries that he believes he's not receiving, right? Or if he believes that his boundaries are being violated, um, am, am I going to allow him to share that dissatisfaction and let's come up with some kind of, you know, some kind of blueprint for like how he gets those needs met. Now, again, it's going to be developmentally appropriate, but I think that that's one thing that I, I didn't, I didn't understand was that kids get to like say that they don't like something. They get to yeah. say like that they don't approve of something without like getting the the pip hand. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like they get to, the you know, pan. you know, or just, let me say that it wasn't always a pimp hand, but it was, it was often, <laughs> it was often like, I'm the adult, you're the child. Right. So that is yeah. so, it's so defeating. Cause you grow up believing that like, we're like, I, I look at all these things as practice. Right. And I didn't get that, that practice. I didn't get that practice of, you know, okay, you don't like this. Here's why. And I understand that sometimes there is no like, Sometimes people don't believe that, or sometimes people believe that giving kids explanations is too far. Yeah. I mean, that it is what it is if that's the way you think. And I get in certain circumstances, I get why that is parents' belief. But I think that if that's always the, the, um, if that's always the answer, I don't got to explain shit to you. Well, then how to how am I supposed to learn how to do this? You know what I mean? And that's something that I feel like, and I don't think I'm special. I think a lot of kids in the nineties got that same treatment. I don't think that my mom or my parent or the, the, the adults in my life were some like evil people. I think that most of us got that same, that same sentiment, you know, but I think when I'm looking at it on a, as I am, you know, in my adult life, I do believe that some of that made it hard for me to understand what was too much, what was too far, what I was, what was reasonable. Like, I don't think I understood what was reasonable because everything was, most things were met with like, because I said so. So like, it doesn't really give you space to fully understand, you know, these dynamics. So it does make me want to be more thoughtful and more mindful about how I am having these types of conversations about boundaries with my son and how I'm, how I will navigate and manage my own frustration and discomfort when he says, I don't like that. He already says it. So, I mean, it's, 
you know, it is a work in progress to, you know, be like, okay, you know, what can we do differently? Or like, you know, and again, like sometimes it's just no, and it just is what it is. But I don't think that every interaction should be met with, well, it's because I said so. Well, it's because like that, that doesn't make sense to kids and it doesn't make sense to adults. Like that just doesn't make sense. So that's one thing that I know now is like kids get to share their dissatisfaction and it's up to us to help them like figure out what do they do with that? What do they do with those uncomfortable feelings, with those frustrations and how do we work with them to like feel like their boundaries are important? And because the thing is, if you don't, if in the in the place that is the safest for them, they don't feel like their boundaries are respected, there's no way they're going to go out to the real world and feel like their boundaries are going to be respected. And that's what I keep telling myself is like, if they don't feel safe here to tell me those things, they're not going to feel safe out there. And I want them to feel safe out there too. You know, so those would be some of the things that I would, I, I know now that I, I didn't know back then. So, yeah. I like that. I th- I think, you know, we covered a bunch of different things in regards to boundaries. I know, you know, on social media and just in discussions, um, boundaries is like a buzzword. So I think, you know, from this episode, you've been able to kind of get more understandings of what healthy boundaries are, how you could possibly implement them, some of the barriers that you yourself may identify with. And ways that you can kind of address those barriers. How do you set healthy boundaries for yourself that make sense? And and again, you know, it starts with you. So, you know, I would definitely love to hear, you know, any barriers that you yourself have come across when you are, you know, trying to set healthy boundaries, um, you know, any type of feedback on when you have set boundaries, how, you know, what were the pros and cons of that? Um, what yeah. has really worked well for you? What has not, you know, what were things that did you have to change your expectation? Did changing or adjusting your expectation help you in any way? Um, you know, what did you do when your boundary wasn't received well by the other part uh, party, you know, um, Definitely reach out to us on our social media. You can email us at but what if I soar at gmail.com. Um, again, uh, you can also um, reach out to us on our social medias. It's at but what if I soar. Um, you also can reach out to us on our individual um, handles, which is at Social MacGyver and at Free to Be Counseling Services. Um, that is on Instagram and then on TikTok. Um, what's your handle on TikTok? Therapy with Dom. Therapy with Dom. And then on TikTok, I am at Social MacGyver. So please reach out to us. Let us know. Give us some feedback. Let's talk more about boundaries. Like I said, it's it's not a one size fits all. Um, so we really want to get you guys' feedback and and just see how you are dealing with setting healthy boundaries. So that's that's the the pairing is healthy boundaries. Um, because mm-hmm. oftentimes you hear people say, This is my boundary. And again, you know, is it a healthy boundary? <laughs> right. Um, so that's yeah. something to definitely to keep in mind. But, you know, again, 
please let us know any type of feedback. If you want us to discuss any type of topics um, moving forward, um, definitely reach out to us. We love to interact with you and um, definitely have a discussion um, and keep it lively. You can also Mm -hmm. find us on YouTube. So we post on YouTube the podcast video, and then we post the actual audio of the podcast on all the major podcast um, streaming sites. So this will be up in a couple of days. Um, And to close it out, Dom, what is one way that you are choosing to soar these next couple of weeks? Um, I would say continue reading because I've definitely been getting through. I'm actually feeling much better about Daring Greatly. The other one, uh, No Bad Parts, it's, it's, the concept of it is kind of confusing. So like, I'm going to keep reading that, but I definitely want to just keep with this. Cause I was really like trying to figure out like, how do I like get more consistent with this? And I do feel a lot better. Um, so that is one way that I would like to soar. Um, I'm having a meeting with some, um, some previous colleagues who are also in private practice this week coming up to do some marketing strategy. So I'm like looking forward to that. Um, and really just like, keep my head down and keep it moving. Like go to the gym, get my work done, spend time with my man and my kid. Like just, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to keep it simple. Like, I mean, things have, I just have been feeling good and I just kind of want to keep that momentum. So yeah. What about you? Um, I think, you know, um, Ways that I'm sore, I'm planning Carmen's graduation party, um, which, you know, I'm a planner. So trying to, you know, explore her ideas and my ideas and make sure that they are mixing and matching. Um, well, she has already submitted all of her college applications. So we will know, I believe sometime in March, we'll start getting um the results of that, um, having her apply for like all of her scholarships and things like that. So, um, working on that. And then I already started reaching out to Brayden and Brian's counselors to make sure that they are on a certain track as far as like their education. Um, really Brayden's not in a place where he has like he just has his his basic classes. It won't be until he moves into the middle school where he'll have the options of doing like more advanced classes and things like that. But for Brian, I you know want him to be. He's already in in honors English, but I want him to be in more um, honor classes because for him, he has gotten all A's this this um, year. But it's it's very easy for him, and I want him to be challenged. Um, and mm-hmm. so I want them to make sure that they are challenging him and putting him in more advanced classes and not just thinking, you know, because he is this little black boy that he should mm-hmm. be on this certain track. We don't, we ain't doing that. So yeah. um, just making sure that they are challenged and that they are giving these same opportunities that others have and, and grabbing every opportunity that's available for them. So. Um, family wise, that is what I am working on. Um, me and Mercy have been going on more date nights and, and love it, you know, love it. 
getting more comfortable with giving the kids a little bit of independence and trusting them and, you know, also, you know, um, nurturing our relationship. Um, So we have some fun things that we have planned. I'm trying to convince him to have a birthday gathering. It's not going. Oh so yeah, well. he got time to plan that. We could we can work that out exactly. But you know, Mercy's like he has his core people, so I'm thinking of maybe that doing is true. something with like his core people, and mm-hmm. and he'll be accepting of that. But we still yeah. see. And then yeah. I'm just working to prepare to sit for my LCSW exam. I do need to study. I have not done mm-hmm. that yet. Um, I literally was thinking about just scheduling and seeing if I pass or not. <laughs> Girl. I could take it again. You know, it is. You could. That is true. I mean, and the thing, you've been doing the work for so long. A lot of that stuff is so like about the actual work and not the, you know, the the academic stuff. It's it's yeah. like you've been doing that. So, I mean, it may not be as hard as you might think you know yeah well and i have severe test anxiety so i feel like if i take it like it's different of like the monster that's unknown um i want to just take it and just like look you were tripping for no reason like this is what the the questions are and even if i don't pass it i can still take it again um Mm -hmm. but at least i like know now what the expectation is instead of this like invisible thing that for tests, I'm going to think the worst. Like it, it's going to yeah. be the worst thing possible is what I'm going to think of. Um, and I've done these type of tests before and I have had a panic attack during a test. So mm, yeah, I want to try to figure out how I can support myself the best way possible. And that may be just eating the cost and just having real life example. Cause I do have like, I have paid for practice tests, but I still be like, mm, I don't know. I got to actually take the test. Um, yeah. So we shall see. But I'm preparing for that. Um, and yeah, just continue to work. And I've grown my caseload at work. It is growing. Um, <laughs> so just dealing with that, dealing with, you know, the ebbs and flows and, and how I support my clients while supporting myself. So yeah, that's yeah, how I'm that's good. That's good. That's good. Well, we are glad that you all listened into this episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. Again, take us up on that offer. We love to, we'll love to continue the dialogue um, on social media. So please, if you have questions or, you know, thoughts about this topic, please send us email, um, send us an email at, but what if I soar um, at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media. Uh, We would love to continue the conversation. So until next time, we will be seeing you all. Make sure that you are practicing soaring as well. We love to um, we love to talk about ourselves soaring, but we want this podcast to really highlight the importance of you all soaring in your own personal lives. So keep that in mind um, until next time. Have a good day. All righty. Bye. Thank you for tuning in and allowing us to be vulnerable together as we soar. If you enjoyed this episode and are interested in hearing more from us, make sure you hit that follow button so you are alerted when a new episode drops and leave a rating and a review below. Our podcast can be found on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. We'd love to hear your comments and how you're choosing to soar these next couple of weeks. Interact with us on Instagram at But What If I Soar as well as on our business pages at Free To Be Counseling Services and at Social MacGyver. Let's continue ascending or gliding even amongst the turbulence.